Kiss me, fat boy. 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 Warning. The following podcast contains explicit language and themes, and it may be triggering for some individuals. Listener discretion is advised, and not for anyone of a younger age, please. Also, there are triggering things in here, so please proceed with caution. This is full of spoilers for this book and all the connected books in the Stephen King universe, so please um, check those out before you listen to the podcast. Also, we're not affiliated with Mr. King or any of the entities that release his work on any uh, platform or on any way or any level, and the views expressed in this podcast are opinions of those that say it and not necessarily those of the host and definitely not those of the sponsors. And also, a special message for this exact podcast, um, I really, really struggled with whether or not I should release this podcast because I just keep seeing so many things over and over again. But when I um, actually got down to brass tacks, I decided that I had to do something. I'm not trying to cause trouble, but I'm going to talk about this book in the way it deserves to be talked about. Like you would if you went to a book club, you would discuss all the issues, not only just the plot, but all the issues and implications that the uh, book, you know, brings on. And it, you know, these books are a type of art, and art is to be examined, and art is to be analyzed, and it's to let you know how you feel. And, of course, there's not one universal interpretation, but I do want to go deeply into this. So please um, take this with a, the thought it was supposed to be. And I'm here today. I got Fred via phone, and we're going to do Mr. Mercedes. Say hi, Fred. Hey, how you doing? So, um, Mr. Mercedes is a part, it's a, it's a trilogy, it's called the Bill Hodges Trilogy, and it's written by Stephen King. Uh, he wrote this in 2014, when it was published, so um, it's, it's, part, it's the first book in a three-part series, and it's the introduction to uh, this, this kid, Brady. He's not a kid, but he's an older older man he's like in his 30s anyway um let's see brady hartsville okay so um the reason why i got fred on here now fred hasn't read the book he did do some research on it for me and um everything and uh i wanted his opinion so i'm going to tell him about the story real quick but i'm also wanting to get his opinion based on the uh the the I don't know how to say it, basically the racism that was, I mean, there's no other way to say it, the racism that was portrayed in this book, and I think it's easy for people to say, well, he's not racist, he is just, the character's racist, but I want to discuss something in here that's getting, that gets on my nerves really bad in this book series, and so, um, first of all, Fred, um, you're a man of color, right? So they know yes. where you're coming from. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. So I want to get somebody who actually knows who lives it to get their perspective in this. Okay. So the story is about Brady Hartsfield. Um, he's a serial killer. And 
in his serial killer life, he's got all the, he ticks all the boxes, and um, he he hates uh, everybody. He hates fat people. He hates uh, people of different race. He hates, um, well, he really just hates everybody. And um, he gets angry, and he feels like he's better than everybody else. He's got an Oedipus uh, feelings toward his mother. They have a um, sexual relationship. They don't have sex, but they fool around in other ways. So anyway, he in 2008, he stole someone's Mercedes, wore a mask, and like drove down a bunch of people during this not 2008 great recession these people were standing out in the in the middle of the night to get a job now fred do you remember 2008 yes i do remember 2008 uh do you remember it being like well yeah do you remember it being like people i know there was a recession but do you remember people standing outside for hours to get jobs or you think that was just a little bit of a a bullshit scenario to you i don't remember Everybody's standing out to get jobs in 2008. But let me let me say something. Obviously, I don't speak for all people of color when I give my opinion. Yeah, I don't um, expect you to. I just want to know your personal opinion. Okay, uh, but no, I don't specifically remember everybody uh, standing out for jobs or anything like that. See, I don't either. So I thought this was kind of a weird. I mean, I know he needed to have a bunch of people together, and he wanted to use the recession, but. I mean, 2008 is when I opened my office, first time as an attorney, and uh, I, it was tough, but it's pretty much the same level of tough as it was back then, so I didn't, I don't feel like it was different. I know that if you were in banking, and of course everybody's 401ks went bad at that time, but it wasn't anything that um, I personally felt. I was working, and I'm, I'm sure you are working in 2008, weren't you? Yes, yes. <laughs> But, but I, I, I think what he's replying, referring to is, I think some are saying that it was, I guess, the worst since the Great Depression. So I'm yeah. assuming that's what he's referring to in his book, I guess. Yeah, it is. But the Great Depression couldn't ever happen the same way again because there's, there's people, exactly. there's exactly. like, yeah, there's there's things set up now. There's welfare. There's food kitchens. Like people aren't going to starve um, as on a, on the level, you know, because there's so many things set up now, so much government assistance set up, and I think exactly. a lo- I think in 2008, all the people who would have really been hit in the depression were already receiving benefits. So even though they felt it, it wasn't the same as the depression. I mean, that's uh, just my personal opinion. Because um, gotcha, gotcha. in our my great grandmother lived through the depression, and she was telling stories about kids that were starving so badly that when they're mother would finally got some flour to make the dough they didn't even wait for her to cook it they were eat, they were eating it off her fingers they were starving so bad so you know i'm just saying that i don't think that happens in where we live now other parts of the world it's a possibility and it's definitely a reality but you know for us we have a lot of government um and church and charity local organizations that help people out if they're homeless if they need food there's a lot of things set up because they don't ever want to go through that again. Um, anyway, but that's really neither here nor there. He mows over these people standing up at like 
all night out, like long, like they're going to a concert, but instead they're going to a job fair in their town. And he mows them down with a Mercedes that he's stolen from somebody else. And years later, the uh, detective that was in charge of the case is named Bill Hodges. He uh, retired, and he's feeling pretty depressed because he never could get over the fact that that Mr. Mercedes' case was never solved. And the uh, Brady guy, he keeps started taunting the detective, hoping that he would eat his gun, just to put it nicely. Um, he kept literally saying things like, oh, you got your dad's gun, you know, how does that taste, or something like that. He's really pushing him to commit suicide. And he had actually, they find out later, that he had actually pushed the lady whom he stole the, the Mercedes from to kill herself. And um, they just thought she felt bad, because even the cops thought that she was careless and left her Mercedes unlocked because it was proven that whoever did it had a key. They did not break in. But it, it comes un, it comes unraveled that the real re- reality was that their keyless entry, you can catch capture the code with your, if you have a computer, you can basically hack it, stand nearby with something, catch the code, and then use a computer to not only unlock the car, but to turn it on and drive it. Um, and I think what had happened in the book specifically is that when he went and he went inside her car to break in, to steal stuff because he's living pretty low. His, he's working alone. His mother is alcoholic, stay at home all day, barely eats anything. Um, so he has to go support the family, <coughs> working like two jobs. And um, so he just gets to this point where he's stealing stuff out of the cars, but then using that little device because he's real smart with computers and gadgets. And... Uh, he found that she had left, she didn't even realize it, but the dealership had left inside the glove box the other key. Now, this is a big plot hole because I know for a fact that in that area of cars, if you left the key in the car and tried to lock it, it would beep. So that wouldn't be something you could really, she wouldn't have been able to drive that car and then lock it back. But she was OCD, so when he went to... Um, speak to her mother he met her sister jane or janie and he um she had inherited a lot of money because her sister was very rich she was a very unlikable person and because she was unlikable the police just kind of jumped on that and fred has a background as being um he, he didn't work as a lawyer but he worked with lawyers so fred you know how that is cops always suspect people as it is they had come to the table with suspicion so they're always looking to blame somebody. So it's very, very likely that that ha- something like that could happen. Wouldn't you agree? That they would I just agree, assume. Yeah, and this isn't talking about any specific cop. We're just talking about in generalities. Okay. So anyway, but um, anyway, so they just gave her a really hard time about it. And on top of that, um, they, I mean, they couldn't. It really implied if they could have found a way to get her arrested for negligent homicide by leaving her keys in there they would have that's i mean it was basically said they could they wanted to blame somebody so badly and it's like blame the guy who did it you know but obviously that they just always look for people to blame and it's very frustrating as a criminal defense attorney that sometimes that does happen anyway yeah go ahead definitely have the uh 
looking for somebody to uh, catch catch a case, as they would say. Yeah. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. Quickly. Yeah, because uh, it, it looks bad when they don't close their cases out, especially something like that that would be very public. Uh-huh. But um, anyway, so that's just kind of like, that's just the plot. So I'm going to go through the whole plot real quick and finish it up. But then I'm going to talk about this the racist implications and ask your reaction. Um, okay. Okay, so basically um, when instead of getting um, inspiring him to also kill himself, the um, Be- Brady, the Mercedes killer, he ends up getting putting kind of like a fire under Bill's ass, and Bill starts um, living his life again. He goes from being kind of sloppy and almost alcoholic and unhealthy to, you know, being healthier, um, you know, being groomed and out there. And he gets hired by this Janie chick. She says, you know, you used to be a detective, so I will hire you to be like a private detective. Um, I have all my sister's money. She wasn't a very nice person, but, you know, I'm her sole heir because, her, you know, my mom, um, I guess her mother was in a, in a nursing home at that time. So her mother wasn't doing too well. So um, she asked her to put her in, an, in like, a care facility. So she she only honored her mother's request, and she didn't like it, but she had to. And so he went and spoke um, to the mom and everything. And of course, she has a lucid moment, is able to talk to him. And a lot of this stuff kind of, um, it's like two stories going on at the same time, like most books are, you know, two or three stories. So we have Brady, who works as an ice cream guy, and he's always going through the neighborhood. That's how he's able to keep an eye on um, the detective and all the other people, because he's an ice cream truck. Everybody loves ice cream truck, you know. And so he's able to do that, and then he also does computers, so he's able to put um, malware inside of the different people's computers. And it comes out later that he had put something inside the lady's computer that he stole the Mercedes from, taunting, crying, baby crying, saying, why did you kill me? Things like that, because a baby and a mom were killed during the Mercedes thing. And he had written her letters saying that uh, we're both responsible for this, and I had a horrible life and a horrible childhood. And it was all lies. He was just saying these things to get her riled up. So he pushed her to commit suicide. So so finally they kind of figure out that this guy is part of the computer and so he had also um set up this messaging system for him to go back and forth with bill hodges so he got too arrogant and he played too hard and he did a lot of things that just pushed him over to get caught now people always say that criminals want to be caught um i can guarantee you 100 percent that that criminals do not want to be caught as a defense attorney would you think? Do you think criminals want to be caught, Fred? I've never spoken with a criminal that told me they wanted to get caught or they did something that wanted to get caught on purpose. That's right. They just kind of. Uh, they, it's just it's hard to explain, but basically, criminals do crimes nonstop all the time, and they just get caught for one of the crimes. They never get caught for everything. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, they usually do something stupid yeah. and end up getting caught because they usually think they're smarter than everybody else. That's right, and that's exactly what Brady was doing. He was thinking he was smarter than everybody else, and he got to the point where he was just doing everything because he was trying to message the detective on this 
anonymous website that is untraceable, but he gave himself away in little hints there, here and there. And um, they figured out eventually who he was, but it took a while. So Bill Hodges, when it started out, he had, um, there was a, a kid that was black. And by kid, I mean like, uh, I think like 17 or something. 17-year-old black boy named Jerome. And he was friends with, he was doing his lawn. Like he, he was like the neighborhood kid. They would come around and, and everything. And they were friends of the family type thing. And so... This is where I have uh, a problem with this. This is where it comes to problem. So um, I'm trying to remember the name. So uh, Jerome would break into this uh, this uh, character, okay, uh-huh. and talk in stereotypical way and say stuff like massa i don't i'm just a simple um simple boy i don't know what you're talking about you know what i mean like doing that real like mm-hmm. like that, stuff. yeah the slave like the, a slave like a mimic of a slave voice and just really kind of like stupid and um so that character did this the whole time i forgot what he called him he called himself something like feel good feel good um, I don't know. So, it was a, so, a stare. So, yeah. So Jerome. So you're saying the character Jerome did that in the book? Yes. Yeah, so the black character in the book would always go up to Bill and start talking in this fake slave voice, calling him Massa, was, calling him Massa Bill. I even saying this makes me so uncomfortable. Um, anyway, why was he saying that? Why was he saying that? He was joking around, like basically. Okay. And he, that was his joke. He would he would talk like that as a joke. Okay? Have you ever done anything like that, Fred? Uh, no, I've never done anything like that, and I would never do anything like that. Uh, uh, jokingly, especially not jokingly or seriously, uh, it would be offended. Uh, uh, I would be offended if somebody... I heard somebody doing that. Uh, that's something typically you don't play around with. Yeah. Uh, because back in those days, it actually happened. And for me, uh, I would look up on uh, some of my ancestors that actually had to experience that, that actually yeah. had to do that. And so I wouldn't joke around by saying stuff like that um, and so me personally I would not consider that uh, uh, funny yeah well I've heard um, people make jokes about and I'm talking about black people making jokes about slavery to each other okay and I don't understand it's been a very small amount in my life but I just don't understand that but I'm like hey you do what you want to do I am not involved in that, you know, but I've heard people say, like, uh, well, I'm not going to say it, but I'll tell you some other time. I just don't want to repeat what I've heard over the years, and I'm just like, you know, but I've never heard anybody do the fake slave voice before, like, in real life. Like, I'm, you know what I'm saying? So I just was very, I was like, you know, why would somebody do that? So, first of all, it's unprofessional. If you're working somewhere, it's unprofessional. And then a 17-year-old in 2010 or whenever this is supposed to be, um, 
Uh, yeah, I don't think so. But if if you if you're if you're if you're having uh, a if you're implementing a 17 year old going up to say that to an older uh, male, that's kind of belittling that other person. Uh, if you're writing that in a book or if you're writing that have that person do that yeah uh, that's kind of to me that's kind of like uh, uh, it's one of those things where certain things are hidden and you're doing it on purpose but you're doing it under the sly yeah that's exactly what I think uh, that's exactly so, you hit it on the you hit it right on the head for me because my problem was is that in every one of Stephen King's books, and I never hear people talk about it, but in every one of Stephen King's books, the N-word is used. And in this book, it's used a lot because the Brady character hates this Jerome guy, and he's going to poison. Um, he has horrible thoughts about how none of them have black names in his family. The only person who has the proper black name is the, da- is the dog, and he hates them so much. Um he hates his mother is racist too he has memories of her mother talking about the n-word so i'm just saying like all this stuff it's like i i've met i've actually met serial killers working in criminal defense i didn't defend them but i've been around them because of my colleagues and they are never like i don't know i just never met a real racist serial killer usually the real racist people are so ignorant they don't have the presence of mind to be a serial killer and plan all that kind of stuff but personally, I've never met a serial killer that said all this kind of crap. Have you ever? I know you. We, we, we won't say who, but we both kind of were around this one person who got, um, who was, you know, she was uh, convicted of of killing a lot of people, and uh, not saying her name. But anyway, she didn't act like that. She didn't say those things. She was focused on her uh, case. You know, I just don't see. I don't feel like. I feel like he's almost pulling out from these old time. Charles Manson um, type old school serial killers. Yes. But that was in the 60s. From my experience, there's the the, the people that are serial killers, they're normally, they don't really care what color you are. That's right. Uh, They don't care. It's it's more of a a way of their their disease of feeling of killing somebody. Yeah, their brain chemistry. Yeah, the brain chemistry of about uh, what something they experienced when there was childhood or something like that is not about color. Exactly. Uh, um, so, no, that's uh, you, you have to be careful. Also, there is no specific black names either. Exactly. So that's for him to say all this stuff. So my point is, yes. is that I don't. No one ever talks about why how racist he didn't have to make it this racist. He didn't have to go there. But he did, and 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 he just like he nailed it in. Like, why does he have to always be so? I, my idea is that okay, yeah, maybe he can say bad guys are racist. But what about this kid talking like that? That's like that's like slipping it in, even like throwing the knife in even deeper for this. And he said the book was written in two thousand ten, like two thousand seven or eight or something like that. Let me see. I think it was two thousand fourteen or two thousand. Something yeah, like 2014 was when it was published. So he ought to know oh, better. That was nine years ago. 
usually when when uh, uh, and uh, as I understand, he's been an author for many many years. Yeah, he has. He's and written so, like seventy books. And, uh, I can't, you know, honestly, he's a, a, a well-known author, but uh, uh, whether you're a well-known author or whether you are not, uh, when it comes to people's bringing up or people being around certain individuals or not around certain individuals, uh, a lot of times people are who they are. And if you have that platform, uh, you know, if you're putting something in a book in 1960 uh, and it's not spoken about, then usually it continues. Yeah, uh, no one's ever spoken about it about him. And so, if it if it continues, then it slowly continues, and it will always continue uh, if nothing is ever being spoken about, and if this. If, if, if the books continue into movies, I'm not sure if the movies are betrayed the same as the books. No, they're not. I, know, I think they're one not. of the green one was the book. One book was the Green Mile, right? Yeah, I haven't read that one yet. Okay, as I did see the movie. Yeah, I, I did enjoy the movie, but the movie itself it portrays a, a black guy. Uh, it seems also in one of those uh, uneducated. Stereotype, type, type, stereotypical black males, yeah. which is uh, uneducated, uh, magical. Uh, uh, I think there's a reference in there. I think in one of the in the in the movie, a reference to a male as a simple dog uh, or something like that. But I'm not going to yeah. go deep into that because I can't remember. Yeah, we'll have to but, go back and we'll, when I do the Green Mile, maybe we can do the movie together. You can go back but and watch it, it again. Yeah, but it's, it's something that it's if it's in one place, it will continue to be in something else, and then it will continue to be in something else. And if it's continue continually referenced, it's not. It's always going to be referenced, uh, and so uh, it's just on a different level. And if uh, it's like you say, it's twenty. 23 or 20, 2014 and people say, wow, it's still there. Well, it's, it's always been there. It's going to be there unless it's spoken about. And uh, I think when you told me about the book, I started and you told me what you uh, you were telling me about it. And I did a little research and I said, wow, I can't see any information about the racism about it. Uh, and so that was kind of interesting that I couldn't find anything about it, uh, being that it was so controversial uh, about it being uh, some of the things that the individual was talking about. Yeah. Some of the racist things that were said in the book, uh, it wasn't out there publicly fine. Oh, I know, because I think a lot of people just say, well, it's not this that the writer is racist it's that the character is racist and of course he's racist because he's a serial killer so he's going to be all the bad things but then what about this whole other character that is being written as a stereotype or basically like make making fun of a race because of that and they get on to him in the book say don't do that we don't like that but he's still doing it so it's you know like it was so unnecessary it was so unnecessary um but and then just to get back to the plot, 
So because of this this hatred that Brady has towards um, Jerome just for being black, he decides he's going to poison his dog to uh, show him, you know, to kind of get back, um, to get back at the family or whatever. And he poison he puts some gopher poison and some hamburger meat and. He leaves it in the fridge in the garage, but then he comes home and his mother is has eaten it, and she's like sick, and she's she dies in his arms. So he has nothing else to live for because his mother, who was like, he was you know obsessed with her. They never had sex, but she would um she would uh, jerk him off and stuff. Uh, he wouldn't she wouldn't allow, and she would kiss him, but that was all that she, he would like get to do. There was no sex or anything like that. It was so stupid. Okay, so hold on. So you say his mother was jerking him off? Yes. In the book? Yes. His mother, okay, so. yeah, his mother and him had this special bond because when he when he was little, he had a brother that um, that got choked on some, some toast or something. And uh, that kid came home brain dead. Um, so he was kind of like a vegetable, but he, not a vegetable. He was like a forever trapped in the mind of a baby and they just got sick of him. And, uh, one day basically she kind of told her, told Brady, just leave the door to the uh, basement open. And if he trips and falls down, then good. And he did, of course. And of course they coaxed him down. He fell. And then the mother like made sure he died by suffocating him, I guess. And so they always had that kind of weird secret together and for some reason it was like she started after that she started kind of like holding him and letting him get in the bed with her and she would jerk him off but she would never have sex with him and he wasn't allowed to touch her uh downstairs because she said don't ever touch that you're that's where you came from and i think she got to grab touch her boobs a few times but she would just jerk them off. That's how they had their little relationship. She would kiss them and jerk them off. And okay. So, <laughs> I'm going to cut you off, but where are all these groups that <laughs> that usually read stuff like this and then starts uh, speaking up on it on TV or? You mean why is he? Why hasn't he been canceled? <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm not in. I'm not advocating for any of that stuff. I, I know. Where are all these groups that that you... I'm thinking, okay, so you have somebody uh, writing they, that are putting in a book that in sexual that their mom is jerking their son off. Yeah. That are the topics of today that are, that you say that now, which is close to 2020, 2014 is close to 2023, and you're still speaking about the book, so I guess it's still pretty relevant. Yeah, they just so, did a, sh- a store, like a TV show on it a few years ago. Yeah, so if they did a TV show on it, I'm not sure if they showed that in the TV show. Oh, they, they, yeah, they didn't show it out, but they showed her sticking his her hand down the, his pants. Yeah, not- so normally I've seen them, I've seen them. Uh, crucified I ain't gonna say crucified but I've seen them do a lot of uh, they get a lot of people that are pretty famous for uh, uh, you know doing a lot of stuff and so as I understand it so far I'm hearing that he's uh, uh, having a guy having sex with his mom you have a racist he's into uh, he's against people that are a little overweight uh, uh, 
so <laughs> yeah. they made a movie about this and nothing is No, out nobody there. cares. It's like I feel like that they said what's well, a horror story and everybody's super into serial killers right now, like listening to the backstories and yeah, the backstories of serial killers are very similar to this. A lot of them had sexual relationships with their mom. Um, a lot of them was full of hate and all this stuff and racist. But that was like old, you know, back back in the day type stuff, you know. But still, it's just like I think that people were just like, oh, well, this is horror. So because it's a horror genre, you know, scary movies and scary th- topics is going to be. Do you hear that thunder? <laughs> it's thundering outside like crazy. Um, anyway, so that's what they basically are like. Oh, you know, it's just part of it. It's horror, you know. I mean, I don't know, but I see, I've seen a lot of horror movies that don't involve. Well, I don't know about the books, but I've seen a lot of horror movies that don't involve racism. Yeah, don't involve incest. Don't involve uh, talking about the obese. Yeah, people being obese is just straight horror. I know. It doesn't have to be talking about racism. It doesn't involve all that other hate. It's just strictly horror. I know it's not necessary. It's so not I'm necessary. Thinking, I think he goes overboard. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, why is all this other stuff necessary to be involved in the horror book? Because it. So now, and if this is what's scary, because if if this is what's being put in the book, you know how people are. If if this person is looked up as a, as a, the uh, uh, the person to be, yeah. So when other writers come about. They will say, hey, can you know what? If this is what he writes, then this is what I may want to include in my book. Yeah. And, and that's scary. I know. Because then the next writer is going to say, you know what? In order to be good like this person, I must include some races. I must include some incest. I must include some uh, some some uh, uh, some 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 bad negative things about obesity, obesity and things like that. Instead of just focusing on horror. Yeah, I know. I guess I feel like no one ever talks about this about him. And I get, and you know, and you know, think about it. It's not even just him, it's gone through how many editors and his team of people that approved this. Oh, wow. So the whole thing is just kind of creepy, but I can live, um, you know, in all his books, there's two things that always occur. What's that? Hatred towards fat people and racism. Really? Yes. So I'm guessing um, that maybe he has a problem with fat people. <laughs> I don't. I don't get it. I mean, I'm fat, so I'm like, God, Lee, just she was. Normally, that stuff happens. You know. Yeah. I'm sure every author got something they always put in their books, uh, uh, whether it's bad or something good or something negative. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's crazy, but. Yeah, you're right. I didn't think, but you know, a lot of people will be like, "Okay, this is fine. It's still happening." He says the standard accordingly, I guess. Yeah, so. I mean, he's he's the man, and think about it. And I'm not trying to. I don't. I love, and I'm doing this book club because I enjoy reading his books. And yeah. I know, you know, it hasn't got to the point where I'm just like, I'm not going to read them because they're interesting. 
But I just, I feel like we need to talk about it because no one's talking about it. This is the first time anyone's ever talked about it because I've, I've looked into it. If you, you said you looked it up. No one said a word about the racism. The racism is what bothers me because everybody still makes fun of fat people because that's just something that still goes yeah, on. That's going to happen. Yeah, but racism is unacceptable, you know. And um, I don't like the fat stuff either, but I'm just saying, like, I can't change everything. But I can't believe people are looking the other way on the race stuff. So yeah, especially now because it's it's a big you know it's people are not looking away from it but then if he is writing the book and they're he is able to get people to look away from it that's scary. Yeah because they delete it this stuff when they're doing the movies. I mean maybe in the green mile they left it in but lately he's got tons of movies and they just omit all the racist stuff cuz I you know they take out all the the racist stuff cuz they want to make sure that nobody you know gets outraged about it so you know well, see, that's scary because even, I mean to cut you off but no. even in the and in, 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 uh, they're revamping some of the books themselves because they're taking a lot of the racist stuff that was said and done back in the days but they're gonna yeah. keep his stuff and exactly because <laughs> do you remember they're, how they're, they're trying to re, they're trying to revamp the the, the, the the racist stuff that was done back in the day that's but right you're you gonna let this stay in there I know, and it's like crazy, and like, um, uh, I'm trying to think. So, like, I don't know what's said, but yeah, yeah, the stuff that was said in the book, yeah, just that, just, um, basically, this makes me so uncomfortable, okay. Basically, what was said was he was talking about, he was like the N word and the N word family and the N word uh -huh. sister, and yes. they think they're, they think that, um, the whole thing was like they don't even have the correct names for black people. Of course, he used the uh -huh. N word, and then um, he basically just uh, talked about. And then, of course, when the guy was doing his feel good character, which was happening in all of the books, there's like four or five books where he's in. He still brings it up, and he's like, "Oh, you know, oh, talking kind of like with an accent, like a fake stereotype accent, you know, and saying stuff like massa." Instead of master, of course, yeah. saying master is wrong too. But you know, massa bill. I'm just a simple old boy. I don't know. You know that kind of like that talk that yeah, they used to force on people in Hollywood. You know, like the black people could only play the the dumb, sir, yeah, yeah, the dumb yeah, guy. Yeah, exactly. Like you were talking exactly. about in the Green Mile. Like you, the uneducated, almost coming across as non-human because they're so dumb. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, exactly. yeah. and so um, that's kind of like how he plays his character out. He, and he does it, and they're all like, you need to stop. In the book, all the characters are like, stop that, please. And he's like, all right, but then he'll do it again. And I just thought that would, that just grossed me out really bad, you know. And I if that's what he does to all his black characters. This, that, well, this is the first time I've read, um, this is the first time I've read him do this. Now, I have read It, and It didn't do that. But there was... Another character who did it. Let me explain this to you, okay? Let me, let me ask you this. Has he ever written any characters in any, any books with any black characters? Yes. Other than not just being ignorant. I'm talking about any black leading characters. Yes. He wrote in It, um, the the main book. It. Remember the book, It? Yeah. I remember, with the clown? I movie, it. Yeah, yeah I the clown. The movie, it. Yes. So the black the 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 main guy that stayed in town I forgot his name because I've been put on the spot 
um, let's see, there's Bill. That's not Bill. But anyway, the guy that stayed in town, his name is Mike. He stays in town, and he remembers everything. He's a librarian. He's well-educated. He's not spoken. He doesn't, he's a, he's a lead character, and he's not spoken of negatively. But in that book, there is a, a, um, a white kid that's friends with him. And this was set in the 50s or 60s is when it was set. Mm-hmm. And he talks in um, something called a piccaninny voice is what they call it in the book. And I had to look it up. And it's basically like um, a, like a simple, uh, kind of like he would say stuff like, do you remember that movie Gone with the Wind? Yeah, yeah, that was a yeah, yeah, exactly. But it, he would say stuff like, "Oh, Miss." He'd say stuff like, "Oh, Miss Scarlet, I, I don't know nothing about birth and no babies," which is a line from the movie. Yeah. And so he would say, the white kid would say that, and they would all like stop it. But he would fall into this piccaninny. It's what he called it. Is what it was called in the book. And I even hate saying that word because that's a racist word. But they were like, you know, back then everybody got to joke about him do fake black voices. It's fine. But then, like, he put it in his book that he wrote a couple of years ago where this guy's traveling through time and he runs into these guys and he had to put it in there. And I'm like, you know, you didn't have to put that in there. He could have just been like, hey, what's going on? Or make some of his other funny voices, which, by the way, they omitted that when they did the two different movie versions of this because there's an old one from the 90s and a one from a couple of years ago. They took all that stuff out. And the thing is, is that it's really crazy about it is that there's a really good part that was about this uh, black spot, which was a club that um, the black uh, military guys set up in the like a long time ago. And, and the Pennywise, the clown, got them all people stirred up and they burned it down. Mm-hmm. So he stirred up the racism. So he had an opportunity he was pointing out some great injustice and he actually did good work. And Mike loves that part about the black spot and all that stuff, you know, but it's like, he was really interesting, but then he turns around and does something, having a white kid mock black people. And that guy, and that kid is still friends with a black kid and the black kid is just like, Oh, you guys, you know? So, so he's done it before and he continues to do it. He's from Maine. He's from Maine, and when we went up to Maine, which we talk about this in our first podcast, when we went up to Maine, nobody would talk to Mike. They wouldn't. Really, need, nobody would talk to Mike. Oh, all the cause locals, because he was, because he's black, and all the locals, yeah. they would talk to the whole that? group. Yeah, where what we were at. What, what year was, was it? It was two thousand and eight. Yeah. And we were up there, and all the group they would talk around Mike. Like he wasn't there, if he, gotcha. you know what I mean. And you know how friendly Mike is, so yeah, Mike is extremely friendly. Yeah, so I, I got mad because I was like, because you know he says that up north he gets he's always had more uh, racism than down south. He's always said that. That's his personal experience. Um, oh, yeah. Um, and I just you know, but anyway, so we you know we've talked about it before. So um, yeah, I guess Maine is very it's very white. There's no they don't have to deal with it, so of course they're going to stay suspicious and racist because generations and generation of white people only, you know? I mean, hell, they're so weird that they're, they're probably still racist against certain types of white people, you know? Like, you're from what country? You know? A lot of times, if, 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 you're, in that, if you're in that class, they're usually, sometimes they're, they're, they're racist of certain classes. 
if you're un- under this income, you're considered, you know, some people say white trash or you're considered this or something like yeah. that, unfortunately. Even though you're white, if you're less if you're less of an income, they'll consider you something else, which is also messed up. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Maine was, a, it was an interesting place to go to, but it was definitely like you just feel the, the negative negativity towards Mike. It was really weird. And Virginia had some of that too, which was weird to me because they should, you know, Virginia yeah, you Beach and everything was very diverse, you know. Yeah, you go to Virginia Beach, you go to West, West Virginia, you may end up in the wrong area. Oh, really? <laughs> I've never been to West Virginia, but. Some parts of West Virginia, from my experience, I went to West Virginia. Some parts are great, some parts are, are like the dirty south oh yeah (laughs) yeah yeah we went through mississippi one time and saw this giant like rebel flag flag or some kind of nazi flag or something at this biker bar and we got scared we were driving and got lost and we got scared i was like we got to get out of here right now because if they see mike we're in trouble you know it's just like it's just like crazy how people think can still put that stuff out at this modern day and get away get away with it to the level where they're like, whatever, dude, I can do what I want. But people justify with specific reasons, so it's, you know, that's yeah. all. But anyway, so let me wrap up the story because I know you got to go soon. I appreciate you yeah. talking to me. But so basically, what happens is is that his mother dies from the the tanning meat. He never gets a chance to even give it to the dog. Um, what he doesn't call the police or anything. He ends up hiding his mother's body like in a bedroom or something and he's like i'm going to join you in paradise mom or go to nothing whatever whatever it is i'm joining you one way or the other so he comes up with a plan to make a to make a bomb and there's a big concert in town and he's going to get tickets to the concert um i think they're called like o-town or something and so he goes and he's in the middle of the section he shaves his head disguises himself as a person in a wheelchair and look to, to look sickly with like a like a bag, you know, like a colostomy bag and an oxygen tank type thing, so he can strap all the bombs and stuff, and it's full of, like, metal shark, like, what do you call those things, like shrapnel type stuff? He put, like, nails and stuff in it to make sure it really hurts. So he, oh, yeah. so he was able to get through the metal detector because he's in a wheelchair, and they didn't search him because he got lucky because all the girls rushed in, and they got overwhelmed, so he was able to get right in the middle of the handicap station um, section, which was in the front, and uh, he was there, and he's going to blow everybody up. But in the background, the they've been working the case, and they started to figure things out. Bill ends up having a like a relationship with the lady that hired him. She's named Jane or Janie, and her family comes in to visit when her mother does pass away. Because her mother was, um, you know, she was at the end of her life, and she had a stroke and passed away. And so um, Janie is getting into Bill's car after the funeral, and uh, the guy put a bomb in his car, and he ends up, she ends up getting killed instead of Bill. And so Bill becomes close to Janie's niece, which is Holly, and she is a character that's um, very smart. Um, but she has a lot of mental health issues, and I'm not sure if she's autistic or not. They kind of allude to it, but they never say one way or another if she is at this point. And um, she's really smart, 
and she's got a cool head in bad situations. Like when the car blew up, she was like more calm than, she, you know what I'm saying? Like regular life scares her, but not, she's good in a crisis. So anyway, they end up kind of becoming detectives together through this series of books. So um, her and Jerome and, and uh, Bill, they, they, they become, I think they call themselves finders keepers a detective agency so anyway but um so janie's gone so he had the his he fell in love with her and she ends up dying um this brady guy is on his way to the concert he gets to the concert and they're trying to shut it down but they have to if they do anything he'll blow it up you know so um basically holly sneaks up he doesn't know her he knows everybody else you know he knows jerome he knows bill so she sneaks up on him she finds them. They had to deduce like different ways to figure out, you know, how he'd be dressed and everything. Um, and so she finds them, and she hits him in the head with a sock full of, I guess, like metal or maybe batteries or something. It's called a. It's just like basically like a non-violent uh, weapon that if you have to hit somebody, I think he calls it the happy slapper. I don't know if that's like a thing that he created or if that's a known thing. But basically, it's like putting a bunch of quarters in a sock and hitting somebody on the head. So he um, does that, and uh, or she hits the guy on the head twice. He ends up kind of like a vegetable, but they were able to um, get the bomb and save everybody. And then he's, you know, the guy's like a living vegetable at the end. And, you know, so that's when they decide, okay, we're going to do this detective agency all together. So... That's kind of how it ends, but I was too overshadowed. I was, it was a very hard to hit, listen to book because of all the hate, and I know that um, people that are evil like that, I guess their their thoughts would be very vile. But I don't think they, um, I think they act the way they want to act when they want to act it. I don't think they sit there and just think about everybody they hate all the time. Just based on my training as. We study their minds because we're defending them and we want to understand them because we're not trying to, as attorneys, we're not trying to say it's okay that they did that, but they still deserve a fair trial or it'll get overturned. So we've got to understand a way to keep them from getting like the death penalty in in states where the death penalty is still legal. So we're just trying to figure out how to, you know, keep them from, you know, death. So anyway... So, I just don't find that this is an accurate portrayal of a serial killer on any level. And, uh, I don't know. It's just, it was just kind of annoying. And then I'm watching this, the show right now, and they're personalizing him and making him look like he's a good person on some level, just misunderstood. But I promise Are you, you that serious? I'm serious. I promise you, there's nothing good about this character. He was never intended to be good. And, uh, there's nothing, ugh, there's nothing good about him. He has no he has no conscience. All he cares about is screwing his mom and and uh, hurting people. That's all he cares about. Wow, well, I wonder if he just put that in there to be controversial. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I mean, but no, I mean it's just it is what it is. Um, the character lives on throughout two more books and. Uh, He's like a vegetable in the second book. He's just mentioned and visited a couple times to make sure he's still, um, you know, incapacitated. Because if he ever wakes up, he would actually have to stand trial, which people don't understand that. But if you plea insanity or if you're incapacitated, it just means that they get you stabilized. Then you can stand up for trial, 
you know, and then if they deem you, that's if they deem you crazy at that moment. If they deem you sane at that moment, then crazy later, or, or crazy when it happened, they will send you to, um, like, a kind of like criminally insane prison, you know, like yeah. a mental prison. And it's a rough prison. We have one around um, in our state. It's very rough. But anyway, so that's the book, I mean, in a, in a nutshell. So do you have anything to add? I I just hate that was just weird. I guess I will I will go ahead and try to do a little research and see what his previous books uh, were about and kind of like see if the same type of uh, style was written regarding I've, uh, I what type all of, of characters he had, huh? It's been it's been in almost every book I've read, and I've read quite a few. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, that's what I was I was trying to see and. Uh, um, maybe do some research about him and himself, and try to learn a little bit more about him and see what he were see where he was. Depends a lot of times where people were raised and how you know see what they who to hang around with. And, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't really know a lot about him. I'm I'm not a Stephen King fan. I'm I'm I like his book, but I'm not like I like to read the books because some of the books are really good. Like they're interesting and and they're all different, so it's like reading different people writing. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's not like yeah. the same thing over and over again. So I enjoy reading them, but um, I don't. I'm not one of those people who think he's all awesome. And do you know what I mean? Like I, yeah, I'm not I a fan. I'm fan of the work. Yeah, I'm not like oh he's like so deep and he knows the truth about God or something stupid like that. No, that's not how <laughs> I feel about him. I just think it's entertaining because I, I will actually find an author and read every book they read. That's actually a thing I do personally. It has nothing to do. Gotcha. So I'm just enjoying this, but I just wanted to talk about it because no one's talking about this, and it's getting on my nerves so bad. Um, anyway, because, I mean, like you said, just to go back to what we were talking about earlier, people are banning books like Tom Sawyer or whatever, that book, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. of because of uh, the use of the N-word. And they're not reading Stephen King in class or anything, but I'm just saying, like, it's interesting yeah. that no one's even talking about it. Yeah. So, anyway. Exactly. All right, Fred. Well, thanks for um, thanks for being on the podcast. Say, uh, say bye to our, uh, our listeners. we got three, about three of them, so say bye to our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I'm sure you will get more than that, and uh, let me know so I can uh, uh, check it out uh, also. Okay. All right, everybody. Bye. Hey, guys. I'm so excited to announce that I finally got my uh, crapola together. And I'm starting to do my other podcast, which is called No One Wants to Read My Book. This will be me reading basically one of my unpublished or self-published books. So check it out and see why no one wants to read my books, okay? Thanks. Bye.